All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Neverland Podcast, man. Today we got we got a super super dope guest on. Uh, we got Gio on. He's a he's an actor. He's an artist. Does a bunch of stuff. Uh, Gio, thank you for coming on, bro. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. How you how you guys feeling today? Pretty good. Pretty good, bro. Can't complain. <laughs> Can't complain. Um, but our first, the first question we always like to ask our guests is, "What's your top five artists of all time?" So any music genre, anything, just your top five. So artists, we're talking recording artists, like music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Music. Um, I'm gonna have to go uh, Jay Z. Ooh. Okay. I'm gonna have to go uh, Jimi Hendrix. True. Nice. Oh, shit. Okay. I'm gonna have to fun. go. Um, whew, this is hard. Um, sheesh, man. I'm gonna throw John Mayer in there. True. Okay. Um, I'm gonna do Bob Marley. Nice. And last but not least, I'm going to do Pharrell Williams. Okay. <laughs> okay. That, that's a sick list. Yeah, that's, that's, a, sick that's list. a fire list. Much respect. That's Much respect to that list. Dude, have you been seeing, Um, there's been a lot of talk of Pharrell being the best producer ever. I was. I want I want to take your thoughts on that real quick before we even get into, get into anything. My man, Pharrell's definitely up there. You know what I mean? Star Trek, those boys. Um, I would say they're for sure top three. Yeah. Yeah. Like for me personally, I'm thinking Pharrell. And then I would throw up Kanye in there. Yay. And then Dr. Dre. 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 If you don't have Dr. Dre in your True. top three, I don't, that's not a list. Real quick. You got to go yay and Dre. <laughs> yay and Dre. Yeah. Yeah. Yay and Dre. And Pharrell, that's a solid top three for producers yeah. of all time. Sheesh. Dang, man. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, uh, going into your music, just off rip, let's just jump into that. I, like, okay. because you said Hove, I was like, yo, that kind of makes sense. Like, just like your music is very, like, lyrical. It's like, it's like almost like a, it's like kind of how Hove has, like, a kind of a story. But then it breaks off into, like, just, like, just bars i feel like your music to some degree is like that yeah man so i really um i've always been into storytelling growing up Mm -hmm. um english was my favorite subject as a child so i was always into storytelling and then once i started listening to music i always enjoyed someone who could kind of paint a picture um Mm -hmm. and just kind of take you there so I've always enjoyed the Jay-Z's, like I said. I've always enjoyed um, even the Slick Ricks, if you want to throw it back, if you will. Um, uh, I mean, the first 50, 50 Cent album, Get Rich or Die Trying, that, yeah. was, a, that was a movie. That was <laughs> yeah. a movie, you know? For real. Uh, yeah. I've always loved artists who kind of create movies. Their music feels like a visual. I feel that way about, like, Currency, the hot spitter. Spitter, yeah. Uh, yeah. So... You know what I mean? I want it to be similar. You know, I, I definitely uh, want to merge the visual uh, with with the audio. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For so sure. you're trying to create like an imagery of what you're actually saying, like what message you're getting across. Right. Absolutely. That's I want sick. I want them to be able to um, close their eyes 
and yeah. be able to see their version of my story. Mm-hmm. Um, I always yeah. love people who have, you know, I love re- when recording artists use um, sonics and aquatic filters, yeah, um, things that kind of are very airy and dreamy and cause you to, you know, open up those creative passageways up top. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I was growing up, I was heavily, heavily influenced by Wiz Khalifa. Mm. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, okay. and Khalifa yeah. in the headphones is yeah. different. It's it's, it's something else. It's like he puts you in a different mood. You know what I'm saying? He like he puts you in the same mindset that he's in when he's created that stuff. He definitely creates an experience. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Like, no, sorry. I was just trying to bring up your Spotify, but I I really wanted to bring up uh, you a rapper, the freestyle you did. Because, like, that song, like, the the Hello Paper, like, that was just a really, really good song. But then the freestyle, I was like, oh, okay. Now now I see where he's trying to take me. And that shit was just, like, that was fire. That was really, really good. I just wanted to, I wanted to make sure that I brought that up. <laughs> hey, man, that's a, um, that's, that's one that's real close to me, man, right there. That's mm. nothing but facts. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's just straight facts and that um spitting from the top of the dome um just really venting that was Mm -hmm. that was a vent track for me Mm -hmm. and uh it felt good to share and i felt like uh some of the things that i'm touching bases on are kind of relatable you know 100 percent, 100 percent. like i think i even want to go into that like when do you what is your recording process like yeah sure so um i actually got that beat from my uh my cousin Mm -hmm. Shout out JC. Uh, um, what, what did he send it to me? He sent it to me on a plane, and I kind of listened to it. Um, I've never, I've, I've never really written in my life. Like I've never actually put the ink on a pen. Mm. Um, so now you're a rapper, and Hella Paper, and Vacation are all freestyles. Um, and they're all first takes. Ten. Oh wow, that's that's, um, that's crazy. Yeah, that's actually. So I was just kind of at that time, you know, I was just kind of like really feeling the vibe. Um, I I obsessively listen to the beat all day and kind of think of themes or uh, things that uh, you know, certain sounds I hear in the instrumental, how you know how they make me feel, and then I just kind of go off that and vibe it out. I really love "Now You a Rapper" because it speaks to my life. You know, I started acting at eleven. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but I've been in the studio and making music my entire life. My grand, I'm actually, you know, my grandfather uh, was a professional musician, but he was over in the gospel oh, wow. genre. Yeah. So, um, so I've always been around music, so I've always loved it. But once mm-hmm. I wanted to do it, I wanted to take it more seriously. I was taking it more seriously. My buddies and a couple people around were like, hey, man, you're an actor, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> hey, mm-hmm. yeah, don't, don't try it. It's going to be corny. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're gonna end up like Eddie off Death So Raven or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, Thanks. Thanks. so kind of, kind of like, yeah. I'm like, no, I got bars, you know. Yeah. So I had just finished freestyling. Now you're a rapper, you know. I was pretty excited. I'm bouncing around the studio, bl- blaring it on the bigs, mm-hmm. and uh, um, my buddy Vic walks past, and he's like, "Yo, yo, who is this? This, this isn't bad. You know what I mean?" Yeah, and I'm like, oh, this is me, man. He's like, you make music, <laughs> you know. I'm saying, run it back. So 
I played it for him in the studio, and I mean, I've, I'm a huge Big Mensa fan. You know, yeah. I'm a huge yeah, Big fan. Shut up, Vic. Man, that boy got bars. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to having bars, you know, he, oh, he he's said, a real rapper. So. He said, I'm yeah. high as a bitch, and my bitch him a lane. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, yo, that's crazy. <laughs> Vic's crazy, bro. <laughs> yeah, so when, when he told me that it was decent, when he said that'll be a nice first first track, then I knew I had one. Mm-hmm. Dang. That's crazy. So you were saying like you don't write anything down. Like um, I think Lil Baby was also saying that he's never written down a bar in his life. Like oh, so know. like what's kind of that process like in your head? Is it like you were saying that you listen to like the the beat like throughout the day? Is it like, do you develop the bars like in your head throughout the day? Or is it like you listen to it, get the vibe, and then everything you speak is like right in the moment? Uh, I would say that throughout the day, I'm, I'm developing a theme. Okay. And I'm really, I'm, I'm listening to see what emotions the beat provokes for me naturally without thinking. Okay. Mm, and whatever mood it puts me in, and that's the mood that I tap into. And then, you know, I start thinking on that. And once I get to the mic, I'm actually like I'm I'm looking to uh, draw from a scenario of which the last time my body felt that feeling. Mm -hmm. And I just tell that story. Yeah. Yeah. So I believe, baby, when he says he he doesn't write, you know, I believe. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. Like if yeah, no, I, I I try to think to myself, I'm like, yo, what if what if I try to just like freestyle? It would not work, like you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> so like yeah, it's super interesting. Hey, so, to see some how, people are sick with the you know? pen in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. No? <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah, like I was watching um some random YouTube video, shut up, I'm recommended. It was like Jay-Z making the black album. And it was mm-hmm. like, he just goes in the studio, just like freestyles off top. I was like, yo, that's like, that's crazy to me. That's crazy. Yeah, man. yeah I, I honestly think like, like, since you were kind of exposed to like music and like, you know, just getting that, getting involved in that su- at such a young age, you just had a knack for it, you know, like by the time you actually wanted to take it serious, like you already kind of had an instinct, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Uh, I agree. I just think that by the time I took it seriously, kind of like you said, um, I had seen so many people do it mm-hmm. and um, a handful of, full of people do it well. So I knew, um, you know, how I wanted to approach it in, in my very own way. Um, I had already had time to kind of grow into my identity. Yeah. And and mostly I really th- I've really been through some shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There were times when I um, I was recording early on where I really didn't have nothing to talk about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So by the time mm-hmm. I stepped to the mic for Now You're a Rapper, I had a story to tell. And that's yeah. really what yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. That's fire. Um, yeah, so you said you started off like just acting at a young age. So mm-hmm. how was that like? Like how was like just like growing up just acting and then eventually turning into turning – that into music like your passion kind of i don't want to say switched but i guess it went from you want to be like a full actor to now you want to be an artist you want to do music now yeah so um so i started um at 11 years old is when i started auditioning 
Um, I did do a couple of like reoccurring background roles around that time on like all of that. Mm. Um, did like funniest kid in America for for Nickelodeon. Um, so what that taught me was a lot of rejection. Like early on, I, I was rejected mm. a lot. I wasn't getting picked up as quick as I wanted to. Yeah. And um, so early on, I, I learned that um, rejection comes with the game. Yeah. And it, it really made me tough and just made me, it helped me to understand how things work um, in the industry. Um, from there on, I went to study at uh, the University of Southern California um, in theater as a, when I was 15 years old, my sophomore year of high school, I went to college. Nice. So yeah, they pulled me out of high school and brought me out to USC to study theater. And that's when I knew I had something. That's, that's when I knew it was a gift. Yeah. Um, just grinding from there on out, man, working my way up like everyone else, um, all the way to 2020 halftime Super Bowl commercial, mm, the Walmart, crazy. Yeah. you know, a couple of other things. So it really turned out to be a good, a good experience, a good journey. Yeah. But I think that I kind of beat the horse too long because I started so young. Yeah. And um, I was becoming more successful in the on-screen work, but it was becoming less fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, so yeah, that's one question I wanted to ask you. Like, um, I feel like it's kind of known in society and like everyone kind of sees it happening, like where like the child star, they grow up and then they deal with hella shit, like in between that time, you know what I'm saying? So like, what's kind of that, what was kind of that process for you and how'd you get through that process? Cause you see like people like Selena Gomez, Justin Bieber, like you can go on and on Ariana Grande, right? Like you can go on and on and you can (laughs) see, yeah, you can see how, yeah, they were so famous when they were so young. And then like how that affected them, like in their like early twenties, late teens. And then now like they're finally kind of past it later on in life. But it's like, how is that process for you? Yeah. So great question. So my process, like, you know, what I've experienced, I definitely have never had Bieber money or uh, Ariana Grande (laughs) fame. You know, it's levels to this. So that's a different level of child stardom. Um, but for me, it was very difficult. Um, you know, you kind of living high up on this horse, and then all of a sudden, you can just be ground zero. You, mm-hmm. You're a nobody. You know, one season, you're like the coolest kid on campus. Everyone at school knows you. Yeah. And then the next year, you could just be forgotten. And I think that that roller coaster, when you're already going through such a roller coaster of emotions through your adolescence, yeah. can really take a toll on your psyche. So one thing that really stands out for me is my mother. Um, yeah. She stepped in when she saw it becoming too much and actually pulled me away from it for about four or five years. True. Yeah. And I think that's what actually saved my life because, oh, you know, wow. otherwise it's just... It's nonstop, go, 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 go. You're trying to yeah. please other people and you forget about who you are sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you can't mm-hmm. lose. You can lose yeah. yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, so like what kind of inspired you even to be like, hey, I mean, you already said that it wasn't fulfilling enough, but what inspired you to be like, music is now what I want to do? Well, um, it just hit me one day, man. Honestly, mm-hmm. like it's time. 
You know, yeah. I had just gone through some yeah. things. Facts. I had uh, recently had my first uh, my first kid, my three year old baby girl. She's three now, mm. and um, and I was like, yeah, it's time. Um, I've always wanted to create art, most specifically because I think that it's a time capsule, yeah. and I believe that um, even when I'm no longer on this earth, that you know my legacy will be able to hear me speak hear me sing, hear me, you know, see me act and react in my actions. You know, they'll have a full portfolio on, you know, who they come from and what I was and how I sounded, how I acted. So I, I've honestly been building like this time capsule for myself so that my yeah. kid can go back and watch it later on my grandkids. That's awesome. Yeah. No, yeah. that's, that's a bar. <laughs> that's that, for sure. Yeah, that, that's, that's hard. super sick. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think like like when I kind of just think about just music I grew up listening to, everything like that, just videos in general. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's so true. Like I listen to I don't know, I'll listen to like graduation, it'll put me at a place. Yeah, I'll no, listen it, to like uh yeah, like a blueprint. I'll be like, it oh, definitely has that effect. Yeah. It's like um sometimes like you you know how you roll back a playlist, you'll be like, yo, what did I listen to a few years back, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like you listen to that, it's like, oh, it puts you like right back into that moment <laughs> of like, oh, I I was in college doing this, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh shit, like it's like a flashback almost. So like I definitely feel what you're saying. It's a it's a time machine, man. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it, it holds capsules of time. Additionally, yeah. the reason why I really dove in head first is because um when the pandemic hit um they had locked down all of the filming for television for Mm. about six months Mm. yeah so i didn't have anything to do true true so i said i'm gonna just hit the studio and make an ep you know stay busy creating you know and fell back in love and and fell back in love with it during the process does it yeah no that that makes a lot of super awesome dang yeah, no, that's hard. I think even like for you, since you're actually making music, it's like when your daughter grows up, she's around your age. She was mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, like this is what my dad was going through at that time. Right. I think yeah, that, that's she'll like, like she'll actually understand it like later on. <laughs> yeah, like that, I think <laughs> yeah. that's super hard. Like because I'm sure you're you probably are going to make music involving your daughter. Yeah. And it's like at that point, when she oh, grows awesome. up and actually is yeah. able to understand what you're saying in music it should be like oh dang like my dad was a g like this is lit <laughs> like i feel like that would be dope that's dope that's super dope oh yeah so i, I know this is a topic that like you really want to talk about as well is yeah. the topic of like just creating generational wealth for people of color in the entertainment artists mm-hmm. especially so i'll let you i'll let you just speak on that for a moment so, yeah, man, I, I wouldn't call myself an activist, not yet, at least. Yeah. Um, but uh, my mission is to share information and share resources uh, with IPOC, mm-hmm. um, indigenous people of color, um, you know, brown skin, such as myself, um, to help create more opportunities within Hollywood or... Mm, certain sectors of uh, of jobs and earnings that all of us aren't exposed to or we don't have the opportunities to really um, experience sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that entertainment is one of the few 
it's one of the few industries where a person of color has the opportunity to create generational wealth. And I think that that's at the base of it, somewhere in the root of the origin of why many of us are so drawn to it is because it's always seemed like a meal ticket. You know, it was a, it was a way out of the lower class and Mm -hmm. it it very much so still is. Um, So I would like to shine a light on that. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, for example, I've never been a major, a major player or um, I've never been, uh, you know, a big time celebrity or anything like that, but I have had steady work throughout my career my entire life. Now, what that did in what that did in return for me was uh, by the time I had my daughter, I had the connections to get her right into the industry. Mm. So um, it took it took me twenty six years to get my first credit, and I didn't become SAG eligible until I'm until I was twenty eight. I'm twenty nine now. Okay. My daughter went SAG and paid for her college in her first project at two years old. Wow. So um, I just don't know where else you would be able to do that. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know that sitting at a desk working for someone else, I don't know that that's going to create generational wealth. Yeah. I don't know that if, even if I was a dentist, I don't mm-hmm. know that that's going to create generational wealth for me. Yeah, I no. need something that's going to pay me when I'm not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know what other industry can offer royalties or residuals. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what we really need to grow wealth. We're not looking for riches that can be spent, that can come and go. We need residuals. We need royalties. We yeah. need wealth because yeah. the the funds need to trickle down to the next generations, and we need to build a legacy. And oftentimes people of color, from my experience that I've seen, even if we do well, we don't always manage our opportunities and funds correctly. Yeah. Therefore, you know, it doesn't become wealth. It was just mm-hmm. a good quarter. Thanks. So I really, I really would like my people to not give up on art or the renaissance of it or television or music as a whole it's not it's not like going to the nba mm-hmm. it's not like that you know it's it's not as difficult as it seems yeah um and i think it's very easy to get into or it's it's um it's a smoother road if you get into it when you're younger like it's much easier to get a child into a major role than it would be to get a, an adult into a role who has yeah. like ego and personality. That's like, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, so if you can get them started young, you know, if they put up 50 K into a trust fund at five, you know, I would have loved to have 50 K accumulating and I get it when I turn 18 or 21. Facts. Mm-hmm. Then I decide yeah. if I want to go to college or if I want to start a business. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree. It's like, You'll you'll never get generational wealth um, by taking the traditional route. You know what I'm saying? It's always either you need to start your own business, or yeah, you go to the NBA like you said, or be or create music, create art. Um, those are kind of the only ways to create that type of wealth. And 
the key is, is you give, you need to create those opportunities for the younger generation. And so, yeah, that's what you're preaching on here. So I definitely agree. I'm not sure that many people realize that thespian is actually a profession of the higher regard. Mm. Um, usually you are just very fortunate or dead broke. <laughs> that's what artists usually are they usually have yeah. like all the options in the world or no options at all you know what i mean that's... so it's of the higher regard it's kind of a it's kind of one of those uh leisure professions right yeah. um and, and it gives you an opportunity to earn um even when you're not there actually working so that kind of reminds me of like you know stock market or yeah. um when people get into um hard hard banking yeah. or you know they're earning Mm-hmm. when they're sleeping yeah uh, yeah passive income yeah. passive income yeah yeah man i think uh yeah i think in part that's why me and pars were doing whatever we're doing is literally because of that it's because if we go a traditional route it's like you know you're, you're stuck in the loop essentially and it's no, yeah, like it's, dude it's yeah it's like somewhat like they say, like one person has to take the risk to break the cycle, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's like that's what we that's what you gotta do. And uh you know, not enough people are willing to do that, right? It's yeah, like also, there's always yeah positive and negatives to everything. I you think do, right? I think also a huge thing, this is why I wanted you to bring this up too, is because a lot of people don't even know that there's another way. And yeah. if there is, it yeah. seems it seems like oh shit, like to become to be to go into Hollywood is like oh like after it's it's so it's so risky it seems so risky to start a business seems so risky but it's like once you get the right people to tell you this like positive information that it's not as hard as it seems mm-hmm. and it's like before you know it it's like you just do it <laughs> like like right. like with the podcast um obviously this is a very very like small example of it I, I love like, what you guys are doing with this. Yeah, no, yeah, thank you. It. <laughs> um, but, but you yeah, know, it's like even on this small of a level, it's like you literally just start it. If people listen to it and it grows, great. If it doesn't, it, again, this is like a time capsule. Mm-hmm. It's like my kids, yeah. our grandkids can watch this and be like, oh, shit, this is what I was doing at fucking 22. Like, this is lit. Yeah. So, yeah, man, that's why I wanted you to come on and definitely, definitely preach that because it's super dope everyone's heard about like the toxicity of like the of acting and all this. So like, what's your perspective on it? Uh, toxic in what way, man? Toxic in what way? There's a lot of toxic and how they treat you. Um, toxic in like how roles are decided, things like this. Um, I will say that they, um, that tight cast is a real thing. Uh, I would say that the Hollywood couch is a real thing. Yeah. Uh, I would say that the lack thereof of opportunities for uh, people with with melanin in their skin, that's a real thing. Mm -hmm. But Hollywood's actually revived. Like, it's under a change right now. It's under, it's having its own renaissance. Yeah, like, they're they're, they're letting people of color in right now, and they're really giving us a shot. Mm -hmm. So once we get these reins, we just can't let them go. Uh, yeah you know what i mean i really think that uh um there was a surge of change starting around django mm, yeah 
Mm-hmm. And then after that, you know, mm-hmm. I just see so many powerful leading people of color, rather male or female or other, um, you know, in major roles, major projects, which yeah. we didn't really see much of that before. So mm-hmm. that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like the... have experienced some, um, I've definitely had some hurt days, man. I've cried in my car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. cried in my car leaving <laughs> CAA. Yeah. <laughs> With a no, mm-hmm. you know, but no. yeah. Hey man, that's a process, man. That's a part of it. Yeah. You gotta be honest. How like, like how, uh, how like almost when you come into a room, you know, you're getting a part or not. Is that like a, like a real thing? Sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. You can definitely feel, yeah. I mean, energy doesn't lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can definitely feel someone's energy. Um, and then just, you know, how courteous are people with you? Mm-hmm. If a person ever makes eye contact with you, or if they choose to never look at you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if they greet you when you walk in the room or if they act like they didn't see you. It's it's like little things mm-hmm. like that that'll let you know um yeah. or not let you know how things mm-hmm. are going. Sometimes they try to play hardball and they actually love you. Yeah. So yeah. that's a part of that's a part of the gig to be unwavering and to come in, do your job, kill it and pretty much care less yeah. about yeah. the environment or rather you know, people are smiling or frowning. You have to finish your set. Facts. Facts. Wow. Yeah. Dang, that must like, that must be tough though. Like in the moment or is it like, is it also just one of those things that eventually as your career progresses, you just kind of get used to it? It's probably personality based mm-hmm. on like some mm-hmm. people probably might still throw up 30 years in, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I would definitely mm-hmm. say it was probably some of the most nerve wracking things that i've ever experienced like yeah. early on and early on being like the first 10 eight years yeah mm-hmm. um even just seeing that red that huge red recording light then mm-hmm. i would like sometimes it makes yeah. you act differently or <laughs> your arm might get stuck like this you know what i yeah. mean just so you know what i'm saying like i don't know but like uh, now now it's it's not a, it's a breeze um yeah. It, you almost become robotic with it. Uh-huh. And then, so, and then that's my, that's actually uh, my issue is because now it's becoming robotic. So I'm wondering yeah. how much of this is genuine. True. Uh, how much of this can the viewer actually feel? Or am yeah. I just really good at doing what I think I'm supposed to be? Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think I'll dab back in and, you know, do some more training just to brush up here yeah. soon, some more classes. True. Nice. Yeah. So obviously it's like super nerve wracking, like before you get on stage and all this, like, so how do you get yourself in like the right mindset where you're not like shaking out of your boots, you know, like, how do you put yourself in that, in that, like, okay, let me focus and let me get this done. Sure. So anytime before I perform, or before I audition, um, if at all possible, I always like to have a beverage with me, a water or something, because, you know, your mouth gets really dry. Yeah. And um, to keep myself relaxed, I usually bring my headphones and I'll listen to like some Kim Chemistry or uh, Jen Aiko or, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of let it vibe on a low volume. Yeah. Um, and then... I isolate myself if at all possible. 
I try to keep myself away from other people's energies prior to a big performance or audition because if I'm feeling good, I don't want to let someone else around my aura and they knock my energy off. You know, they, because sometimes it takes a couple days, you know, you have an interaction with somebody, they shake you up and it might take a couple days for you to get back to yourself. Well, Mm -hmm. we got to protect our peace, right? So, you know, I usually just kind of stay to myself before. How how different is stepping in front of a camera compared to like when you're walking up to a mic? Like how different is that mental space for you? It's completely different um, because um, I don't really need to project with the mic and I do need to project a bit for the camera. Um, The camera is more difficult for me Mm. because I can't feel it. And it doesn't give me any expression or feedback. It's just capturing. I can't see what it's capturing. Um, So those are always things that always kind of worry me a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) um, But when I step out there on the mic, you know, there's going to probably be a couple people in the crowd, hopefully. And, um, you know, you can kind of fill off their vibe. You can kind of adjust your set or your performance or your volume based off the venue or how they're reacting and that's always really fun i also feel like in a studio is probably a lot less pressure or even a show for that matter because at that point you're just performing your stuff so i feel like is is that also like something that plays in your head that's like okay this is just it's, it's it's just uh i'm just doing what i usually do it's not that big of a deal yeah i've done stand ups where like you know, it was my original material and it was, it was kind of a breeze. Mm-hmm. Um, just because if I did fuck up, then I could kind of like filibuster yeah. it, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's <laughs> fine. So I can do whatever I want with it. Thanks. I can kind of yeah. revise. So that's always nice. That's a safety net. But when you're yeah. on the camera though, you're probably going to have a script. Mm-hmm. And anytime I've had a script, you know, they're, they're sticklers about, you know, word for word on the script. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't want you to improvise on that script. They spent all that time on. So that can be a bit nerve wracking when you got like 112 people watching you say a line that you better not mess up on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Dang. Wow. Yeah. I was like, how is that process like even first getting in? If they're like, or I guess this kind of what I mean, is like when they tell you that this is scripted, this is all scripted, it has to be word for word. Is there a part of you that's like, bruh, like this kind of fucking sucks. Like I'd rather just go out there and just be myself or is it just like, okay, let me just, let me just get this check and bounce. No. Um, I usually try and trust the script because, Mm um, you know, I'm the talent. So it's not really my job there to think through the theory of the script. True. True. Um, it's more so to, to break down, um, who my character is and why he's there and what he's feeling. Yeah. So I usually, I, the best thing for me to do is to not question it because that's going to mm-hmm. take me out of my character and to just trust the script. Mm-hmm. But you can definitely feel when they write something corny that you don't feel like it's a natural reply. And you're like, yeah. nah, I probably <laughs> wouldn't say that. Yeah. But nah, you still say it anyway. You know what I mean? But yeah, sometimes it can be a little corny, but mm-hmm. you, you just got to trust the script because once once it comes back from post, yeah. It often kind of looks and sounds a bit different than it did in that moment. True. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. 
that's cool. So yeah, so random, crazy deep question here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I, I've heard uh, Jim Carrey. I think has said this before, like on what self is mm-hmm. and how, like through acting, he's like recognized that there actually is no self because in different situations you act completely different. So it's like even through acting, like what he's realized is that what you're all you're doing is you're like channeling like another version of like, Oh, what you think would go along in this situation. Right. So it's like, what, what's your perspective on like how self relates and how like acting goes along in just life and like how that goes together. No, that's a great question, man. I, I completely agree with, with Jim Carrey. I believe that, uh, self is, it's fluid and it's, um, every evolving it's a creation that you're creating each day it's mm-hmm. yours so it can yeah. be whatever you want it to be it can change all the time um acting for me really has assisted in yeah being able to tap into different characters or different scenarios in my mind that i may not have experienced myself yet mm-hmm. and kind of seeing how i would react Now, what that has done for me in my real life is it's actually saved my life quite a few times. Okay. Because, you know, like I've been in jail before and Mm. like, and I've been acting in there Mm. and I was in there acting and it's, and it saved me. It kept me safe. You know what I mean? They they couldn't tell that I wasn't one of them. You know what I mean? Or, you know. Or when, when my parents got their good job, right? And we moved on the mm-hmm. other side of the railroad tracks, right? And I was one of very few minority kids in a uh, in an all-Caucasian school. Yeah. You know, it's a certain way you act around the whites and the blacks so yeah. that you can, you know. Yeah, you, you can so, you know, survive, right? Yeah, get yeah. through the day. Survive yeah. through the social. So, yeah. I mean, it's really helped me. Or even mm-hmm. in it, from a professional standpoint, when I've had a couple office jobs, man, I was acting in that interview. Come on, dog. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It was the actor gag, and I yeah. got the job every time. Yeah. So it comes yeah. in handy, definitely. You can tap into it. You know, you get pulled over. You know, you can you can tap into one of them characters real quick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whoever you think can get you what you need. <laughs> yeah. No, for fact. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's super cool. I, I think like a lot of people are essentially doing that daily. Like everyone has that, but I think for you, it's probably more like, I know exactly how to feel right now. Like you could bring that emotion up. Whereas for me, I probably have to like really sit down and be actually in that position and be like, Oh, let me, let me turn this switch. Yeah. I think that, um, being able to compartmentalize your your thoughts is very important Mm -hmm. in general, but it's also important as an actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was always very interested um, in high school. I took a class called social injustice mm-hmm. and yeah. it pretty much just focused in on what they thought the three greatest speakers in history were. Mm. And it was Hitler, Martin Luther King and JFK. Okay. Martin Luther King Jr. and JFK. Yeah. yeah. And what we would do in that course was we would watch their speeches in silence. Dang. 
and we would see how their body language was actually commanding crowds. Mm. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, like if it's all body language it's how do I gesture my hand? It's how do my posture, how do I posture my shoulders? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's when I choose to smile or not to, Oh, that's actually, that's creating a vibration and it's controlling mm-hmm. the environment and the conversation. Mm-hmm. So I think that we should be very conscious as people on our movements, our tone, our volume. Um, yeah. These things are very important. Um, and then, you know, the Hitler's, you know, the Nazis, what, what really struck me was I used to always ask my teacher, man, like, man, how are they killing all of these people? Yeah. Seeing yeah. this, smelling this, and then going home and having dinner with their families like nothing happened. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And my professor told me that he thinks that it's just work to them. Yeah. And they're compartmentalizing their thoughts, just like a mm-hmm. cop would do or a yeah. firefighter yeah. or a secret service agent. You know what I mean? You got to. You got to kind of like separate your life from your work. So they're doing that there. So I'm like, huh, I wonder if I can do that and apply that in a more beneficial and positive way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Especially on like how Hitler was able to like, you know, portray an enemy out of, you know, like their own people like that. That was something crazy. It's like, he basically created an enemy out of like the same people that are your neighbors. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's something crazy to think about, like if it happened today, but it did happen right back, like almost 70 years ago at this point. I mean, dude, that's a heavy topic for sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. So, but yeah, that's pretty crazy. But yeah, what, what was your question there, though? Um, what's your question again? Sorry, running back. Oh no, there wasn't any question. I was just making a point. I was just like, yeah, it's crazy how he was able to, you know, like he's able to command an audience so well. It's like he's able to create an enemy out of nothing, almost, right? Oh, he just right, right. happened to have like a dislike towards Jewish people, and he just created like the entire nation of you know, Germany at the time was just like, yo, yeah, let's get rid of these people. Like they agreed with them. They're like, all right. Like, you know, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's funny you say that because they often say that like politicians and actors and attorneys are just, they're all alike. They're the same people yes. and different and different. They're, <laughs> yeah. They're just good actors, right? Everyone's in different good industries, you know, yeah. yeah. the level of charm in politicians Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when you talk Hitler, when you talk JFK, when you talk MLK, Julia, like, man, they are charming yeah. individuals. Yeah. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. are they are persuasive on a yeah. monumental level. For real. For yeah. real. Like when I was in that, that course I was telling you guys about, uh one of the documentaries said that um all the women used to get to Hitler's kill speeches early. Damn, that's so crazy. they can sit on the front row. Yeah. Because his power alone made him wet. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
What? You talk about killing people. Yeah. And he got ladies showing they're, up. They were early attracted to, to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Murder. Yeah. Bro, wow. Wow. That level of influence. That's before Instagram. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. That's wild. That's wild. That's dangerous. Yeah. No man should have no no one man should have that much power. Kanye <laughs> <laughs> yeah, said it best. Kanye said it best. Oh, yeah. <laughs> man. Yeah, no, no like uh, have all the power. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> I actually have to read uh Obama's book, but someone was telling me that in there he even talks about he's like like at first coming up, he was like, Yo, I'm not trying to be a politician, I'm not trying to do like all this nasty shit. But yeah. he's like, when you're just in that system he like apparently in the book he says that like yo like i caught myself doing politician things that i told myself i would never do and i was like that that honestly by itself is crazy it's like you're surrounded in it you're surrounded in the nastiness it's like before you know it before you know it yeah you're involved in it i've caught myself doing hollywood things that i thought i would never do yeah yeah it's it's like man like I don't want to say that it, it consumes you, but mm. you definitely find yourself reasoning. And, um, you know, unless your morals are concrete and super strong, you know, and then sometimes you just got to do it for a check. Sometimes you just got to feed the family. So you just got to <laughs> get it how you live. And then it's mm. just like, yeah. Man, it just depends on the scenario, but it's definitely tough. Yeah. And um, I will say that um, anything political or entertainment-wise in the entertainment world, is there can be opportunities for you to act out of character. For sure. Um, for sure. You just want to protect yourself and kind of stay away from that as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of like, hey, this dude's doing it. All these people are doing it. They seem fine. What's what's the worst that's gonna happen? Let's just figure. Let's just try it out. I'm sure there's a lot of that. Yeah, man. I just recently, um, I recently got over. You know, I, I had a drinking problem, man, and I had mm. just recently, um, recently got some help with that mm. because uh, most of my mentors when I was coming up very early in Hollywood, or the people that I studied when I was younger. Um, I always felt like they were very sharky personalities and I always saw them drinking and I always saw them around beautiful women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So very early I equated that to success. Mm, Yeah. And you know, if you're doing something that's not good for you, but you find success while you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. we can trick ourselves into thinking like that's what oh, created. Yeah, this is that. yeah, this is what caused. You know what it. I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you make a hit record and you were smoking pot, so now you think the pot helps you make hits when it really yeah, doesn't yeah. at all. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Get yeah. stuck in that rut. So I had to find my way out of that Alice rabbit hole and mm-hmm. realize that you know just because that was their regiment, um, that that wasn't the regiment that was best for me. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, and I'm, I think that takes like that takes a very special person to even realize that. Like, yeah. I think I think you're like I think that defines your character. I guess it's like, hey, you saw that this is a huge issue, and you're able to like bring yourself out of like the present and be like, okay, like what the fuck am I doing? 
mm-hmm. and just make sure it's not, it's not easy, man. It's not easy yeah. because you know many of the offices out there they got like beer taps in the office. Yeah, that's like, crazy. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about own tap. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> at work in the office. That's insane. So yeah. they know you driving home drunk. No. <laughs> 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 So I'm like, you know, like, is everyone calling the Uber or yeah. how is this legal? But I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. That's man. crazy. Yeah, no, that's nuts. That's nuts. Well, yeah, I mean, we could wrap yeah. it up with this. Like, what what are you listening to? What's on your playlist? What's what are you, what's what's on your phone? I'm listening to that new Kid Cudi still. Oh, nice. That's a good oh, listen. Man. That's a good listen. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I had did a um, earlier, right, the tail end of 2020, um, I acted and featured in a music video called Everybody by Lil Baby. Mm. Um, it oh, ended nice. up being the number one stream music video uh, of the year. So I'm excited about that. So due to that, you know what I mean? I'm a huge Lil Baby fan, so I've been bumping that new Lil Baby. Yeah, same here. Dude, we're, 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 <laughs> I'm a huge Lil Baby fan. Massive. <laughs> and you, you got to have those Young Thug Essentials, too. Ooh, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, yep, yep. For sure. You know what I mean? And then I'm a Chicago boy, so, you know, I got to throw my, my brother Vic in there or my, or my homeboy Dirk in there, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Dirk, yeah. There you go. Shout Dirk, yo. Hey, El Prangy's dropping the deluxe soon. Yo. I'm hype. Yeah. I'm hype. Yeah. I'm liking everything you're listening to, bro. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. That's legit my playlist. You're naming all yeah. my playlist right now. This has been great, guys. I really appreciate your time, man. Yeah, man. Uh, honestly, you yeah, know, thank you so much for coming on. This was, this was a super dope. Yeah. Episode. Really super appreciated cool. your time, man. Um, yeah, man. Fun. Yeah. Had a good time. Um, this was good. <laughs> Hell yeah. Guys, yeah, no, thank you. This is uh, another another amazing episode of the Neverland Podcast, man. Um, definitely check out Gio. All his socials are going to be in the bio. Check out me and Paris in the bio. And yeah, Alex, man. That way, yeah. Check it out. Peace. Peace.